All right, Yerosai, good morning, good morning. Let us begin another exciting, exciting day of Sota. Uh, it doesn't come out right, but, but you, you, you understand what I mean. All right, Yerosai, so let's, uh, so let's go back to So we begin by thanking all of our sponsors, thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Nisan. Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Sherman Joshua's this month in memory of Paul's parents, Shmuel ben Zachariah, and... Sarah Bas Avram to thank Avram and Shandy Kelman for dedicating all of Shimon Joshua's this month in memory of Avram's mother, Sarah Braina Bas Yoshua Heschel. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nisham Muslav and Aliyah and the families in the Chamra. Today's daf is daf hey. I did give you a little bit of homework last night. Hopefully you did it. You posted it on the chat. We are picking up, which was really just a continuation of the Pesukim. I just didn't get to finish all the Pesukim from the end of yesterday's daf. We're picking up today on daf hey. Three lines down from the top. They're both saying incredible... Inc- Ooh, one second, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Forgot to hit YouTube. All right, so, both say, so we are starting. Hey, Ahmed Aleph, 5A, three lines down from the top. Three lines down from the top. Okay. Good. Ashara Legasi Haruach Ninai. Both incredible Gimara. How do you know... What is the scriptural warning, scriptural illusion for arrogance? We're going to spend a lot of time today speaking about, speaking about the destructive nature of arrogance. Arrogance. So where do we know it from? Omar Rava, Omar Ziri, Shimuva Zinu, Al-Tigbo. So we'll say the Pasuk, however, is quoting the Pasuk from Yemio. Literally again, listen and hearken. Literally again, Al-Tigbo. Don't make yourself Gavoa. Don't make yourself high. Don't make yourself high. So here again, the Navi itself is saying, do not become an arrogant individual. Your hearts will become elevated, which will say is not a good thing. Reference to arrogance over here. And you will forget Hashem Oksiv. And the Pazik says, Whenever the Torah says these words, of Hishamar Pen and Al, that is always coming to introduce a love, always coming to introduce a biblical prohibition. Good. So we'll say, so, so far, multiple psukim highlighting, highlighting the biblical prohibition, Rabbi to become arrogant. Incredible. So we'll say, by the way, I just want to point out, it's, so, it's, it's, it's incredible to see an iser, right, a love, potentially a love, about an emotional state, right? In other words, this is not a behavior, right? Of course, arrogance can manifest itself in behavior, right? But Lamaisa, what you see over here is Tanakh, finding Pesukim, Mamish, legislating against an emotional state. An incredible thing. So, Gemara says, Darsh Ravira. So, Ravira, right? Ravira Darshan. Zimnin Amrali Mishmeid Ravasi. Zimnin Amrali Mishmeid Rav Ami. Kol Adam, Shiyesh Pogasas Ruach. Whoever, right? Whichever person has arrogance, right? Every person has arrogance. Lesof Mismait. Rabbi say, in the end, he will be diminished. I will say what the, what this means is Rashi just says mechashivuso. I will say what this means is as follows: that the whole chap of arrogance is a person thinks they're the center of the world and believes that they deserve covered, while people who walk around life believing that they deserve covered, at the end the exact opposite happens. In other words, not only do they not receive the covered they think they desire, but they're actually diminished. They're standing actually decreases. An incredible idea. Romu ma'at. Maybe you'll say, so I'll say again, Romu ma'at. A person wants to be high, 
right? A person thinks that they deserve all of this covet, ma'at, they're actually diminished. I v'shem and we'll say first wide line, v'shem and Tomer yeshno ba'olam, we'll say, you ask yourself, maybe does such a person even continue to exist in the world? Tamolomar ve'inenu. Such a person doesn't even exist. In other words, we'll say, when you speak about the arrogant person being diminished, not only is he diminished, but often he lacks any form of meaningful standing in this world. Now if a person does tshuva, chozer means let's say I'm suffering from arrogance, which could happen. And then again, I realize the error in my ways and I want to do tshuva. I want to change things around. says, means, again, ultimately I'll die at my appointed time. In other words, the arrogance will not cause me to be lost from the world. And kol. So we'll say again, we're just equating the humchu kichol, and therefore av misro Yaakov. He says loshna bakol mikol and kol. Vim love. We'll say if not. In other words, if I don't go ahead and do tshuva from my arrogance, so what ends up happening? Ukirosh shiboles yimodu. So we'll say over here the Gemara quoting from the pasuk. Gemara quoting from the pasuk over here. Kirosh shibolima from Eov. From Kirosh shiboles yimodu. Now what does this mean? My ukirosh shiboles. We'll say what's now shiboles. Shiboles is a stalk of wheat. What does it mean? Kirosh shiboles, like the head of the wheat. Rafun rachista chad amar kisasa dishabilta. One says it refers to the beard of a stalk of wheat. I want to say, what's the beard of a stalk? You say, if you ever see a stalk, right? So there's like the part with the kernels. It's calling that. It's calling that the beard, right? That's the beard of the stalk of the wheat. So vechat amar kishiboles atzma. One says like the stalk itself. So I want to say, so now what does it mean that the arrogant person is like the sas of the shibalta? What does that mean? Listen to this. So bishlam the man damar kisas of the shibalta haynu dixiv ukerosh. So it's according to the one who says that the arrogant person is like the beard of the stalk of wheat, it makes sense that he says kirosh, because the beard is towards the top of the stalk. So rather says, But the one who says like the stalk himself, what does he mean like the head of the stalk? could be compared to a person who goes into the field. He goes into his field. So he says, Gavoa gavoa which stalk of wheat does he go ahead and pluck out first? The one that's tallest. So we'll say, what's the nimshal over here? When a person has gaiva, when a person has gaiva, a person is arrogant, gase ruach, and what happens? They put themselves above everyone else. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, walks through the world and plucks people out, who does he pluck out first? Who does he pluck out first? The one who puts himself above everyone else. That's the, that's the nimshal over here. Incredible. So we'll say, that, we'll say this, this, this Gemara, by the way, is, is ridiculously amazing. Watch this. Watch this. So we'll say, the Gemara says as follows. Quoting over here, quoting over here the Pasuk from Yishayo. So we'll say, so the Pasuk goes like this. V'es daka v'shafal ruach. So we'll say, so again, these, so v'es daka v'shafal. So what's daka? So daka, daka ultimately again means a humble one. Shafal ruach means lowly of spirit. Again, Speaking about humility, so watch this. We'll say, Rav Huna Rav Chista Chadamar Iti Daka. So we'll say it's a little bit of a play on words. The S Daka. So one darshins the Iti Daka. So we'll say, what is Iti Daka? Chesparuch who says about a humble person like this. I take the humble person and I elevate him towards me. 
right? In other words, what's the reward for humility? A person is humble, they lower themselves. Hashem says, I will take the humble person, and I will elevate them towards me. No, no, no. The other opinion says, no, no, no. Hashem doesn't elevate the humble person towards him. Rather, both say it's just the opposite. What happens? Hashem goes down to the humble person. They both say, hear this distinction? And again, it's all the same phrase. It's a play of words in the Pasuk. V.S. Daka. So first opinion, E.T. Daka. I lift the humble person up towards me. Second opinion, Vani S. Daka. I go ahead and go down to the humble person. Both listen to this. Umistabra, Kimanda Amar, Ani S. Daka. And it seems to be that the really the opinion, the, the correct opinion is the one who says that Hashem goes down to reside with the humble one. I'll say, what's the riot? This, this is beautiful. So Hashem, remember when Hashem wanted to give the Torah, what did he do? He passed over all of the incredibly tall mountains. And he went ahead and rested his Shechina and Harsinai. I'll say, not only that, Lemala. See, I will say, if you notice, this is incredible insight. Hashem didn't make Har Sinai tall. Instead, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? He lowered himself onto Har Sinai. I will say, that is the power of humility. The power of humility is God doesn't lift the humble person up. The power of humility is something even greater. Hashem comes to reside with the humble individual. I will say, isn't that exceptional? If I'm humble, Hashem comes to meet me where I am. Which I will say, if you think about it, is so much of a greater reward, right? In other words, there's two possibilities with humility. Hashem lifts the humble person, which is beautiful. Hashem brings the humble person up to, or no, even better, Hashem goes down to the humble person. So the Gemara says, Hashinai is the Raya, Hashem goes down. Similarly, again, when Hashem appears to Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem goes ahead and doesn't appear to Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, in a, in a mighty large tree. Instead, where does he appear to Moshe Rabbeinu? In a small bush. Right? In a small bush. Ultimately, again, representing this idea, Va'ani es Daka. I go ahead and I come down to the humble one. I'm Rabbi Lazar. Any person who has arrogance, he should be uprooted like an Asherah tree. Let's remember again, Asherah tree is for Avodah Zarah. So a person who has, a person who has arrogance should be uprooted like an Asherah. So we'll say the same notion of uprooting by arrogance and by Avodah Zarah. Any person who is arrogant, ain Afro Ninar. Rebbe says this is profound. Any person who is arrogant, Literally, I will say, in Afro Ninar means his, his, his dust, his remains are not stirred, which means, I will say, he is not resurrected by Tchias Hamesim. Incredible, no? Not, not resurrected by Tchias Hamesim. Shene Amar, Hakitsu, Beraninu, Shochne Afar. Because you also remember again the passage that references Tchias Hamesim, ultimately again is in Yeshaya, which literally means, wake up, wake up. And rejoice, shochne offer. Now we we translate shochne offer as those who sleep in the dust. It doesn't say shochve ba'afar. It doesn't say those who sleep in the dust. Rather, ela shochne afar, which means what? Mishenase shachin laafar bechayev. It refers to someone ultimately who was a neighbor of the dust in his lifetime. They will say, who's a neighbor of the dust? Someone who's humble. Someone who's humble. As I will say, see, but like, just to understand like, like the profundity of that, what's the shot that someone who's arrogant? I, say, I just want to point out, 
it's so fascinating that you don't see this. Right? You don't see like someone who, I don't know, someone, someone who ate treif or someone who committed arayas, you know, doesn't come back for tchias amesim. I don't know, right? But yeah, someone who's arrogant, the Gemara says, doesn't come back for tchias amesim. What's the pshat? See, I will say, the whole chap is when someone is arrogant, right? They feel like the entirety of life and the world is about them. So essentially, I was saying, an arrogant person has already taken more from this life than is due to them, right? You think everything is about me, right? Everything is about me. So if everything is about you, you've already taken more from Olam Haza, more from this life already that is coming to you. So okay, so to speak, you've already lived multiple lives. So therefore, again, you don't get Tchiasamesim, such an incredible idea. But yes, someone who's humble, Shachin Le'afar, any person who's arrogant, the Shechina cries for such a person. So we'll say this really incredible idea. Why does the Shechina cry for someone who's arrogant? Because the truth is, we know, we know this. Arrogant people are often masking severe insecurity. Right? Well-adjusted, happy, and healthy people do not need to be arrogant. Arrogant people are overcompensating. He'll say, you know, when you see your child overcompensating for something because they feel deficient, that is a sad thing for a parent to see. The Reibonosh Olam, and I'll say this is such a different perspective because up until now, we've seen almost like a sense of anger towards the Balgaiva. Here, the Gemara says there's a sense of sadness towards the Balgaiva. Because Baruch Hu feels sad for a child who is, feels so insecure, who feels like such a nothing, that they need to overcompensate with a sense of gaiva. Incredible. So the Gemara says, as follows, See how Hashem is different than man, how so? So in worldly, right? In, in human beings, so literally again, Someone who's high, someone who's tall, will see someone who's tall. But someone who's tall may not see someone who's short. Let's well, say, the way it works by human beings, all right, is that our line of vision often extends straight. So therefore, some, I'll see someone who's on my same level, right? Tall will see tall, short will see short, but often tall will overlook short because it's not necessarily in my range of vision. Hashbarah, who is Gavah, right, who is tall, right, high above everything else, who does he see most? Who does he see most? The Shafal, right, the short, the lowly, and the humble. Shinemar, Kiram Hashem, Vishafal Yirah. Any person who's arrogant, Amra Kodesh Barahu, Ain Anivahu Yuchon Ladar Ba'ovam. They will say, incredible. If someone is arrogant, you know what Hashem says? Not enough room in this town for both of us, right? Literally, not enough room in this world for both of us. So we know this, the arrogant person. The arrogant person ultimately, again, takes up all the space. Takes up all the space. So the Gemara says, don't mean Don't read it as rather as what? Iti, right? Ito lo'ucha. I cannot live together with this individual. Osai, not enough for Osai, I'll just point out to her something amazing. There is a beautiful, there is a beautiful vart by the Kotzker. The Kotzker brings out Osai again that, that the, the Mishnah Mesechus Avos, very quickly, 
talks about the multiple miracles that occurred within the Beis HaMikdash. So one of the miracles, that last miracle, actually, at the Mishnah, that the Mishnah recounts was, Omdim Tzufufim Mishtachavim Revachim. That when we stood in the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, it was packed, it was packed, people like stand, Tzufufim means like, like squished, right? Mishtachavim, when we would bow down, there was plenty of room. So Rashi, Rabbi Yon explained what is this referring to. They say the miracle is referring to Yom Kippur. That what would happen is everybody would come on Yom Kippur, even though there's no mitzvah aliyah or regal on Yom Kippur, everyone wanted to see the coin Gadol, do the avoda. So they would come, they would say, when they would bow down, it would be for vidui, for confession. So the problem is, what's wrong with confession? I don't want anyone hearing my confession because it's very private. So there was a miracle that when they would bow down, when they would bow down, ultimately there'd be room for everyone to recite their confession privately to themselves. The Katska says like this, it means something different. Omdin, says, Omdin, Omdin is a Balgaiva, right? What does a Balgaiva do? What does a Balgaiva do? A Balgaiva is always right. Balgaiva is always right. He's an Omid. He always stands his ground. He always stands his ground. And I will say, it's an incredible thing. What happens when you deal with people who always stand their ground and are, who are always right, right? Tzifufim. There's no room for anyone else. It's a claustrophobic experience. So I would say anyone who has to deal with Balagaiva, and we all have to deal with Balagaiva, so that's the Balagaiva we have to deal with ourselves, right? But I'm right, we all have to deal with Balagaiva, and Tzfufim, there's no, it's a suffocating experience. There's no room, there's no dialogue, there's nothing. But I would say something amazing happens, Mishtachavim. What's Mishtachavim? Mishtachavim is a humble person, a person who knows how to yield a person who knows how to give in to the other because being happy is so much more important than being right. right? A person who doesn't have to be right all of the time, a person who doesn't have to have his way all the time, something amazing happens when you're a mishtachave, when you learn how to yield, when you learn how to be humble, what happens, Rebosai? Revachim. There is room for everyone. There's room for everyone. And I always wonder, like, where did the Kaskar get this idea from? Rebosai, it's this Kimara. Kedush Baruch who says about the Balgaiva, there's no room for both of us. Also, when a person is a Balgaiva, forget about room for other people. There's not even room for the Ribono Shalolam himself. Because the Balgaiva, just like the Balgaiva, right, sucks up all of the oxygen, he sucks up all, he takes up all the space. There's no room for anyone else. Omdim, Balgaiva, Sefufim, no room for anyone else. Mishtachavim, humility, humble, yielding, room for everyone. Margos Vaita. Others say this actually not referring to Balgaiva, but rather referring to people who speak Lashon Hara, Shneemar, Milashani Besesireyu, Osa Asmis. So I'll say, by the way, there's a lot of overlap also between Lashon Hara and being a Balgaiva. We know this, we know this, right? Because the only way that a person really feels empowered to speak Lashon Hara, will say, is how? Is how? Is if I feel somehow superior to the person about whom I'm speaking. Right? Humble people don't speak Lashon Hara because they don't feel in a position to speak negatively. So Gaiva and Lashon Hara are very much sister concepts. The Gemara goes weiter. Any person who's arrogant, even the smallest wind uproots him. Now what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. It's almost right across. Ruach Kimach Raso. Paranos Kala. Tarfasim Avdaso, even the smallest discomfort ultimately goes ahead and disturbs him. Which I will say, we know this, right? Because we all, often we also experience this. When a person is a Balgaiva, 
right? Everything has to be perfect for him, right? Everything has to be perfect. And what ends up happening? The smallest disturbance is very upsetting, right? Smallest disturbance is off-putting. The smallest disturbance, you know, uproots or disrupts the entire equilibrium. That the wicked are like the sea, right? Literally like the disturbed sea. Now, what does this mean? So, the boss said, this is incredible. The sea, which has many reviases of water, right? Yet, the boss says, what, what's incredible about the sea, right? A small wind could do what? Change, right? Change the direction and change the flow and create the ripples, right? On the water. Adam Sheinbo El Revius Achos. And say literally means a person who only has one Revius of blood. And I will say, of course, the person is more than one, but what it means is a person who needs, Rashi says, who needs at least a Revius of blood flowing through his body for life. Just, or a person where a Revius of blood is Metame, Tumas Mace, as we know. Alakas Kamavakama. I will say, a really profound Gimara. I will say, it, it's sometimes, it's a good, it's a good litmus test. Because, you know, I will say, sometimes, I'm not sure, but I because I want to point out, like, on the other hand, there, there's also a fun, well, we'll discuss about needing a little bit of gaiva, right? A person is supposed to have, a person is supposed to be able to stand up for themselves, be machsh of themselves. And I will say, sometimes the good, the good test as to whether or not I have too much gaiva or not is, am I easily disturbed by minor things? Am I easily irritated by minor things? So that's a good, that's a good, like, gaiva test. So if, 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 if things really, little things really annoy me, right? Someone doesn't do what I needed them to do, or someone says something I don't like, or someone behaves, if I'm easily irritated, right, by anything, that's usually a sign that I am suffering from gaiva. The Balgaiva can't take anything not going his way. Such an incredible idea. So here, we're spending this entire time focusing on, focusing on the fact that you can't have Gaiva. Comes along, has to have a tiny amount of Gaiva. Literally, one-eighth of an eighth. One eighth of an eighth of gaiva. That was saying, why does the Tam Tracham need to have a little bit of gaiva? Take a look. First wide line. Echad Mishmona Bishmin. It's very interesting. Mishkal Katanhu. Bahainu Uchla Kilometer Shieba Maat Gaiva. Shilo Yuhu Kali Harosh. Mistola Limbo. Vihe Dvarav Miskablin Alain Balkarham. The right refers to the, the, the leader over here. Right? The Tam Tracham needs to ensure that people don't mistreat him. So sometimes what that requires is his ability to assert himself, ability to assert himself even when people are pushing back. I will say this is it's a fascinating idea. So the leader, Timur calls this a little, a little bit of gaiva, a little bit of gaiva, which is the ability to be assertive when, one, when the leader needs to be assertive in order that he could properly lead. But again, I will say how much gaiva should the Talmud Chacham have? Again, one eighth of an eighth, right? So you're, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about, you know, I guess the technical term would be a smidge, right? You know, how much, like, 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 like how, like, what's, what's an eighth of an eighth, right? The idea is this tiny little bit of, which also means is 99% of the time, the Tam Tracham should be humble. There's a 1% of time where he needs to say, no, this is what we're doing, and this is how we're doing it, right? Again, I heard, right? Got it, heard everything. But I will say, but again, 
that's an eighth of an eighth. Right? If it's happening all of the time, the Talmud Chacham is abusing that. Right? If it's happening none of the time, the Talmud Chacham is missing a critical tool for his leadership. So the Gemara goes like, I'm not going to read Rav Yoshua, or Ma'atrele Ki Sasel Shibalta. And I'm going to say Talmud Chacham, who has this right little bit of gaiva, it, it, it adorns him like the beard adorns the stalk of wheat. In other words, I'm going to say, so this compliments him. Right? So Talmud Chacham, who possesses this very little bit of gaiva, the ability to be assertive, right? When, when he needs to be assertive, right? Only in those select times where he needs to come out strong, Shalomaisa, that becomes a compliment to him, just like the beard is to the stalk of grain. I'm Rava. Bishamta de Ispe or Bishamta de Lespe. is incredible. Rava says, the truth is, literally, Shana Rava says excommunication, which literally means it is terrible. It is terrible. If ultimately, again, if you have, if you have gaiva, and it's terrible ultimately, again, if you don't have gaiva. So essentially, Rav is saying, Rav is saying gaiva is one of those things of, you know, you're, it's, it's bad if you do, bad if you don't. Meaning what? If you have gaiva, it's terrible, right? If you don't have any gaiva, it's also terrible. And I will say, this is a very delicate thing, because I will say gaiva, gaiva is fire. Gaiva is literally fire. And the problem with the person ultimately, again, in the leadership position, we'll say, by the way, we seek out also like a leadership position. So this could also manifest itself in different ways, right? All of us occupy leadership positions in different places. And this is often the incredible tension that on one hand, a person, the leader, doesn't want to be the person who throws his weight around, right? Doesn't always want to be the person saying, you know, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, and not taking collaborative voices. But at the same time, the leader also at times has to say, no, this is what we're doing. So Rabbi says it's an incredible thing, right? You're excommunicated if you do have it. You're excommunicated if you don't have it. That this gaiva ultimately is dangerous because if you have too much of it, terrible. None of it, terrible. He goes on, he says, um, good. Gaiva is one of those things you should have none of it. None of it. Even if you're a Talmud Chacham, you should have none of it. After all, because what does the Pasuk say? It is an abomination to HaKadosh Baruch Hu called Givalev, anyone of arrogant, arrogant heart. So I will say, just pointing out, you see this tension in Chazal themselves about on one hand, there is what we'll call a positive arrogance. And I will say, what I would call positive arrogance is not arrogance. What is it? What is it? It's assertiveness, right? Channeled arrogance comes in the form of being assertive. And sometimes, especially in leadership capacities, assertiveness is important to move things forward. But it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous, right? I will say, why? Because you've all experienced this. Once you get a little taste of assertiveness, right? What, what begins to happen? You're like, you're like, what do you like? I like this, right? Hey, this, right? this is good, right? How much could we accomplish? How much could we do? And there's a taiva. There's a taiva for that gaiva, right? And ultimately, again, let's, let, like, let's do this, right? I could, I could. So again, this, this is the danger. This is the danger. Is a person really capable of balancing? So that's what you have over here. Rav Nachman says, I'm telling you, don't touch any of it with a 10-foot pole. Because once you get that taiva for gaiva, it's very difficult to go ahead and stop yourself. Incredible. We'll say a person, a person's prayers are only heard if he makes his heart like flesh. We'll say like flesh means 
he makes his heart soft, i.e. humility. Person's tefillahs are only heard if he is humble. So again, the idea over here is when can you come before Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Basar. If the heart is like flesh, if the heart is soft, i.e., humility. Which I will say is an incredibly certain makes sense. The only time I'm really going to daven, only really going to daven with Kavana, is if I'm humble. Because if I think that I have everything, I am self-sufficient, I am self-reliant, then there's absolutely no need for, for me to come to HaKadosh Baruch with a complete heart. Only the humble heart recognizes that it needs prayer. Adam. The word Adam is actually contraction. What does it stand for? Afer, ash or dust. Dam, blood. Mara, bio. What's that? It's pretty profound over there, right? That Adam, right? So we think, I'm, I'm Adam, I'm Adam, I'm man. Yeah, what's Adam? What's Adam? Adam is dirt, blood, and bile. That's what man is made up of. I'll say, again, this follows on the heels of the humility, Gimara, because sometimes the best way to remain humble is to recognize what you are and what you come from. Basar, what's Basar? Busha, Srucha, Rima. Literally, again, embarrassment. Srucha means like... Um, 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 putrid, thank you, putrid, right? Rima means worms, which ultimately, again, the body decomposes, the body goes back to the earth. Ika da'amri, sha'al. Others say, say, instead of srucha, put in their sha'al. Sha'al will say, refers to Gehenam, t'chsev b'shin, because ultimately, remember, srucha is with us, is with the samich, sha'al ultimately, again, is with the shin. Amravashi, kal adam shish bagasro. So we'll say, so again, the idea, what, what, is it, what is that doing over here? That's part of the humility discussion. You want to know what Adam stands for. You want to know what Basar, or flesh stands for. All of these very simple, humble things. So keep humble, I will say. Keep humble. Any person, ultimately, again, who is arrogant, at the end, I will say, ultimately, again, will become, literally, Rashi says, An arrogant person is always seeking out and wanting covered. And the irony of irony is, the more covered you seek out, Ultimately, the less important you become amongst people. I'm amazed. So I'll say, where do we know this from? Velases, velasapachas. So I'll say, this is a great drasha. Now this is talking about saras. The ain says el lashol gavoshin emar v'akala harim v'aramim v'akala gvol mahanesuos. The ain sapachas el atvilashin emar safchunino el achos hakuhunos leachol pas lechem. I will say. So by the way, this drasha, I just want to point out. This is an incredible drasha. La seis vla sapacha. So both say seis, seis, the way the Gemara translates of seis means like means to lift something up. Something that ultimately again wants to be lifted up, right? Spends its whole life trying to lift itself up, i.e. gaiva sapachas, will ultimately again be brought down. I will say that's the entire if you want to remember the entire Gemara, just remember that drasha, la seis, la sapachas. Those who want to go ahead and bring themselves, propel themselves upwards ultimately again are brought downward. So I will say, you begin to see, here's the futility of gaiva, right? What, see what I'm saying? It's one thing, it's one thing, if I'm going to sin and get something out of it, then one could make the argument that maybe it's worth it. Now, I want to go on record as saying it's still not worth it. Right? It's still not worth it. Right? But Lamaise, at least, at least, person's going to commit an Avera, right? And a person's going to run a Ponzi scheme, right? And they're going to walk away with a few million dollars. Okay, so, you know, at least, at least they get bad, very bad, right? Illegal, right? But at least he gets something out of it. 
the, the one thing that always is like incredibly counterintuitive is when a person sins and I get nothing out of it. Now I'm not going to get anything, but what, what happens? It has an adverse impact. So that's what I was trying to show you here. Gaiva, right? A person leads a life of Gaiva. Not only do you not get the covet that you so badly desire and want, but what ends up happening is a setback. You're, you're, you're diminished. Let's go back to Roshim Levi. Let's say, see how much the Rebbe loves humble people. This is absolutely beautiful. So, humility. See how beloved humility is in the eyes of Hashem. When the Beis Hamikdash stood, Adam Makriv so when the Beis Hamikdash stood, so what would happen? If a person went ahead and offered up an Ola, he would have reward for an Ola. He offered up a Mincha, he'd have reward for a Mincha. But someone who's humble. So I'll say, the idea over here is, when the Beis Hamikdash stood and you offered up a Karban, what did you get credit for? The particular Karban you offered. However, watch this, Rebbe say, Listen to Avamisha Daito Shvela. But someone ultimately who is humble, Ma'ala Alava Kasef Kilo Ekrivo Kala Kabbalas Kulam. Rebbe say, Humility is as if you've offered up every single carbon. Shneimar Zivche Elokim Ruach Nishbara. Because Rebbe say, What does it say? A broken spirit, a humble spirit is Zivche Elokim. Plural, plural. A humble spirit is like karbonos to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I will say, I just want to point out something absolutely amazing. Right? Isn't this incredible? So the base of stood, you offer up a particular karbon, you get the reward for that karbon. When a person is humble, humility, it's as if you've offered up every karbon. I say, what's the logic of this? I will say, what's the whole chap of a karbon? What's the whole chap of a karbon? Right? Karbon from Russian of karov. Right? The whole idea of a carbon is to engender a sense of closeness and connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They will say, humility engenders that closeness. Why? Because when a person is humble, they'll say, what does humility remind me of more than anything? That I'm totally and wholly reliant on the Rebono Shel Olam. That I can't do anything myself in this world. So I will say, humility by itself accomplishes what all of the carbonos combined try to accomplish. Isn't this incredible? And therefore, when a person is humble, it's as if he's offered up every single carbon. Humility engenders the same results as all of the carbonos were supposed to engender. It's incredible. But the old, not only that, the Gemara says, Ella, shein tfilos in So also when a person is humble, his tfilos are never turned away. Shine'emar, leiv nishbar v'nitke, Elohim lo the Pasuk says, literally, a broken and downtrodden heart, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again, lo sivzeh, means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will never despise. The idea is, again, when a, when a humble person dies, HaKadosh Baruch Hu always hears that tefillah. And I will say, perhaps, listen to this Gemara, I think perhaps one of the most incredible Gemaras in all of Shas. Here it is. Kal Hasham, Archosav, Ba'olam Azeh, Zochet Rabbi Yeshuasa Shal HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Most listen to this. Whoever measures his ways in this world ultimately again will be privileged to see the salvation of God. They will say, now what does this mean? What does he measures his ways? We'll say, take a look at Rashi. Shamar Chosav, Mechashev Hefsid Mitzvah, Keneget Schara. So they will say, he measures ultimately again that which is lost through the benefit of a mitzvah. I'm sorry, that which is also the performance of a mitzvah. Uh, opposite, opposite the reward. Meaning what, Rabbi? Listen to this. And it's absolutely incredible. 
means a person who lives life in a constant state of cost-benefit analysis. So I will say successful living demands a cost-benefit analysis. How so? Because everything in life has a cost and everything in life has a benefit. How do you decide what to do and what not to do? How do, how do you decide that? And I will say, what's the answer? What's the answer? Cost-benefit analysis. That's what it is. So I have a mitzvah in front of you. I'll say, does a mitzvah have a cost? Does a mitzvah have a cost? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mitzvahs have a dramatic cost, right? Or often they get dramatic costs, but there's also a benefit, right? Do Averis have benefits? Oh, yes. I know, a bunch of tzaddikim. No one's, no one's nodding their head. Yes, right? Of course, Averis have incredible, ridiculous benefits. But, but, let me say, they also have dramatic cost. So, Kalasham Archosav, Kalasham Archosav, Ba'olam Whoever lives life with a proper cost-benefit analysis, zocha veroa such a person, such a person will lead a successful life, right? Right. Literally, again, it literally means he will see the salvation of Hashem, which means you will lead a successful life. quotes the pasuk. the pasuk is v'sam derech Literally, he who creates a path will see the salvation of God. I'll take read the sum. Don't read it as the sum. Elo, the sham derech. He will place a path. I will say, such an incredible Gemara. Successful living requires constant and consistent cost-benefit analysis. I will say, imagine for a moment if before I didn't have era, I paused, I said, okay, I know the benefits, what are the costs? Imagine before, I'm not sure should I do a mitzvah. I know the costs, let me think about the benefits. How much better life would be? I will say, weiter. Kate said, Mikana, I'll say very quickly. So let's remember again, back to Kinoi, back to the Mishnah. By, by, by the way, remember, we are in Mesech Sota. Right? Just back to our early schedule programming. So watch this. Hagufakash, I'll say, very easy piece of Gemara over here. Right? So ultimately, we have an inherent contradiction in the Mishnah. What's the inherent contradiction? Amr Lapith Mishnah, I'm out to Dabri Mishploni. So let's remember again, the Mishnah, remember, also we mentioned this when we learned the Mishnah. The, Mish, the Mishnah seems inherently contradictory. How so? Because if you remember again, the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, what's the case of Kinoi? The case of Kinoi is while Ruvain tells his wife Rachel, don't speak with Shimon. Right? And then it said, Alma Dibarstirahu. Then it will say, sounds like if she were to talk with Shimon, that would be Stira, which would then go ahead and trigger the Sota process. And then it's Vahatutani, then it said afterwards that if she did speak with Shimon, right, ultimately she's still permitted to her husband, which sounds like Dibur would not be Stira. Here we go. If he warned her not to speak with Shimon, but she spoke with Shimon, or he warned her not to speak with Shimon, and she was alone with Shimon. Or altistery, or he warns her, "Don't be alone with Shimon." V'dibre imo, and she spoke with Shimon. Adayin muteres labesa umuteres lechobetshuma. Both in all of these cases, ultimately, again, she is still permitted to her husband, and still permitted to Shuma. Nechnesa imo labesa seiser. But ultimately, again, if she goes in with him and alone with him in the house, I will say, "Now, what does this mean?" Let me fill in the blanks over here. Rashi says, "If Reuven said to Rachel, Rachel." Don't be alone with Shimon. And then Rachel was alone with Shimon. And she's alone with him for enough time for defilement to have occurred. 
Asur Lebesa, Vasur Lechavachuma. In that case, ultimately, again, she is not permitted to remain married to her husband, and she will not be permitted to go and eat. Words, say. So now the Gemara is clarifying this for me. Right? I will say, what is Kinui? What is Kinui? What is proper warning? So I will say, Kinui is, Kinui is, where a husband says to his wife, do not be alone. Altistery imploni. Do not be alone, ultimately, again, with a particular individual. And I will say, what is violation of that kinui? What is violation of that kinui? If she is indeed alone with someone else. That becomes the violation. I will say, that case, only that case. Therefore, I will say, warning about any other behavior is not a warning. So if he says to her, you know, I don't want you talking with Shimon, look, he can say whatever he wants, but that's not going to trigger the process. Similarly, again, even if he warns her not to be alone, and let's say he catches her talking to Shimon, that is not going to trigger the Sota process either. Sota process is only triggered when, number one, when there's a kinui about seclusion, do not be alone with Shimon, and about saying, what is stira? What is stira? What is stira? When she is alone with Shimon. Those are the specific aspects, specific, specific behaviors that trigger the Sota process. Any deviation from that may be bad, right? may be bad, but it's not going to trigger the Sota process. Good, I will say, we'll go a little bit, for another minute. So the Gemara says, V'meis now remember again, let me just say this outside, then we'll stop for today. Remember the Mishnah said, Rebbe say, what happens if halacha lamaisa, after stira, after stira, he died. So we'll say, so now in other words, the Sota process has been initiated, but what hasn't happened yet? What hasn't happened? They haven't gone to the Beis HaMikdash to be able to go ahead and drink the Beis Sota. So if she were to die in that case again, and let's say he were to die without children, halacha lamaisa, so ultimately yibum would not be permitted, chalitza would be mad. There are about saying, I'll for a table, pick up with the sigi tomorrow. What a day, what a day, what a day, what a day. Shkoyach. All right, have run Zoom. Have a great day, everyone. See everyone tomorrow, Mirat Hashem. Eretz Yisrael, have a bye-bye tomorrow. I'll be there with you. Jerry, I'm sitting next to you on that rooftop in Mirat Hashem tomorrow.